You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Sam Williamson. I help connect businesses with their tech talent. Today, I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Anis, Thomas, and Nikolai to discuss the topic of how to help engineers understand business needs. Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Anis, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I uh, currently work in uh, Lundbeck as the head of uh, what we call core services and production digital solutions. And basically what we do is we uh, we try to develop in-house uh, software for our different uh, stakeholders across the Lundbeck. And this is kind of new, in uh, at least in, in Lundbeck, but also kind of in pharma uh, industries, uh, where normally you would buy vendor solutions for, for most things that you, uh, that you deliver uh, in terms of software. So we are kind of setting up, you know, standards, practices, how we work, uh, how we collaborate across. Uh, so this, of course, is a perfect topic uh, to discuss uh, as part of that journey as well. So true. And uh, thank you, Anas, for being here today. Thomas, we're coming to you next. All right. Yeah. Uh, good day to you all. Uh, I'm Thomas. Uh, I have the position uh, of being an engineering manager in Disk Creators, uh, where we work uh consultancy-based or a partner-based. So we, we do development projects and, and products for a lot of different clients. Um, and uh, what I represent in the company is mainly about uh, embedded software, digital solutions, and also high-level software. So all the smart stuff out in the world. Uh, very exciting. Uh, and my role is uh, is quite versatile. I have a lot to do with the tech team. I, I lead a team on a daily basis of embedded software engineers. And I also have tons of... Um, of, of client uh, interaction and time to decipher needs and and, and, and wishes from the client side. So um, very, very interesting for me. Uh, academically, my background, I am an engineer, a uh, business development engineer to be exact. And I've always been thriving in, in this kind of uh, field between the, the tech side and the business side. So uh, yep, that's about it. Love that. Thank you, Thomas. And thanks again for being here today. Last but by but no means least, Nikolai, over to you. Hey, hello and hello everyone. Uh, so I'm Nikola and I'm the head of development at Hello Retail and we provide a, a search and recommends products for e-commerce webshops. So recommended for you boxes and, and searches on, on different webshops. Um, and on the knee of all that, we have our product intelligence, which is uh, powered by AI and how we uh, basically know everything about a product and, and can tell you uh, anything about it. So uh, quite a diverse team. Uh, I have a person have a computer science background. Uh, but we have a department of uh, both software engineers and product designers and product managers and data scientists. So uh, uh, quite a bunch of people to get aligned around uh, business objectives. A lot of interest. Perfect. Thank you, Nikolai. Now we've established uh, you know context around each of you. Let's move into the topic and focus. You all have a question or a statement of how to help an engineer understand business needs. And as usual, I'll work our way around the room to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Um, so you'll have an opportunity to add that value, give your take on the situation. I believe we're starting with Anis's question. Yeah. His question for everyone today is, what have, in your experience, been the best tools to build trust with your stakeholders that engineers understand the business domain? Over to you, Anis, to give some context before we hand it over to the other guys. Yeah, I, I think this is a this is an interesting topic because it's what I experience can cause the uh, the biggest amount of sort of like friction in a in a development uh, life cycle. 
if your business gets to a point where they don't really trust that what you're doing is aligned with what they actually want and sort of start the you know micromanaging uh, your decisions wanting to get involved in everything that can cause uh, a lot of undue uh, you know political work for for project managers and and it starts to seep into everything that the the engineers are doing as well so being able to avoid this situation, uh, at least for me, is a, is a very important uh, aspect of uh, managing a development team. Love that. Great question, Anis. Thomas, I believe we're coming over to you uh, to give your take yeah. on the answer first. Yeah, well, it's a very interesting question, and I think it's yeah, there are many ways to go about this, and many ways that this, uh, how does that issue or, or is this, this can come into play. Um, but as I understand the question and, and what I've been thinking a little bit about is um, um, how do you get your stakeholders internally uh, to trust that the engineers understand the assignment, right? So they're working towards the right kind mm-hmm. of solution purpose or business purpose. Uh, that can be a tricky one, but uh, but for me, uh, if you should convince your your stakeholders, uh, you can tell them and ask them to trust you. But, but, but what can you do? Um, uh, I mean, show them by some means that uh, that that you you have aligned this with your team. Uh, and and maybe display that you have done this before. Maybe that's different difficult if, if it's a new situation in Lundbeck. Um But but it, it starts with your team to to get them on board and then get them to understand the whole situation and uh, maybe allow them to give input or feedback some way um, and 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 display that towards the stakeholders. Um, trying to be that mitigating or kind of combining uh, in between uh, the two. Um, yeah, my my initial thoughts here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't know if that. I also think that. Yeah, I, I also think that it, essentially this is a is a communication issue to me, right? It's it's uh, it's like how do how do you actually convey whatever is happening, you know, uh, inside the department that actually aligns uh, with what they think should be done, right? And, and I think to me, it's it's super important that you align both goals and objectives with you know your stakeholders, and then try and bridge and then, you know show them how different engineering initiatives or or linked with these goals or objectives i mean because you, you kind of have to establish the the bridge right it's it's um uh, i was when i was thinking about it's like okay so for instance why why do we have to upgrade the system or or something like that then if if, if you come and just say hey we have to upgrade the system it, it might be like why are we doing this but if you tie it to the fact that hey uh one of our objectives is to i don't know reduce response time or something like this and you say well to reduce response time by x y or z we we kind of have to take these steps and as long as you keep it high level but have that link to the objective uh then i think that you you kind of establish some level of trust uh and i think the next part of trust here is is you know uh, you also have to deliver on the things you say right you can't just say oh we did this and it, it didn't at all solve the problem we we wanted to set out to solve. Um, so you, you kind of have to expectation manage it a bit, right? So instead of saying it will reduce response time, for instance, then say we think or we hope they will reduce with this percent or this uh, margin, basically. So you keep delivering on your promises as well. And that's kind of how you, you keep establishing trust, right? It, as Thomas says, maybe, maybe you're very charismatic and can convince them straight away uh, and <laughs> to say, trust me. Um, but but if that's not the case, I think you really have to become this bridge and, and link uh, things between uh, objectives and, uh, and and the initiatives, basically. Um, yeah, and, and I think it, it starts within your own team, the tech team. Uh, you you need to be sure yourself that that the message or the the business goals or or, or the agenda 
is communicated correctly and is absorbed correctly and, and understood before you can go out and convince uh, your stakeholders. Mm. So in, I think step one is to uh, to take the message and decipher it and, and get the tech people to understand what they are working on, with which purpose, and then break it down, uh, maybe with the good old V model mindset. You know, you have the usual requirements in the top and then you break it down slowly into subsystems and, and details and specifications. So so if, if you imagine that you take the user requirements very top level, what is it that we're trying to do here? And yeah. have that conversation with the team and break it down to individual tasks. You have a software guy doing this, you have a hardware guy doing that, and, or whatever they might be. And when everybody is uh, on the same page, you kind of have the collective uh, uh, convincing of your own that uh, that, that you, you have the team on board. That it would be easier to to display and convey to to your stakeholders, I think. So if if uh, with all that input, uh, if I can sort of like um, put a little little twist on it as well, because I think one thing is is how you make sure that that's the case. Like when you start and you're saying, okay, we need to solve this problem. Let's have everyone break it down and let's see uh, where where we get to. But but then at some point, at least in my experience, what happens is that they, once the developers really get into it they'll figure out that there's a requirement that doesn't make sense mm. or needs to be changed in some way. Like they want to, you, you're going to want to push back on what it is that the, mm. that your business counterparts have, have asked for because you figured out something that maybe they overlooked or because you have a technical insight, you can see some connection that, that may or may not be, be evident to them. And then how do you, how do you make sure that you have a dialogue like at that point in time? Where they they trust that what you're saying like is accurate is 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 valid, uh, and I said that that's really where I'm coming at because I think what you said Nikolai about not you know not over promising super yeah. important if you ever do that <laughs> in like a, the initial establishing relationship phase you're you're kind of uh, out of luck already, but uh, <laughs> but I think what's really important and for me has been. That at sometimes, you know, I, I feel I, I need to be honest with a with a business stakeholder mm. and say whatever you're asking for is either not the right thing or won't be possible. And then that's where really the test is: like, do they trust that you're correct in this? True. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, de I definitely think that it's uh, there's a nasty twist, Anders, that you're you're bringing up. But, but yes, yeah. but uh, but but I I can, I can completely understand where you're coming from because that that is what happens. I mean, and in, in my experience too, I think uh, we're talking, you know, depending on on pick your poison with agile and everything. But I think it's important to to you know, in your communication with stakeholders, always talk about it. You know, it's an iterative process, and and try and make them see why it is there's this technical limitation, or or maybe not even limitation, but it doesn't make any sense to to do this. And it's like that, you know, project development or product development is not a like a linear uh, progress. Uh, and and you you learn and you grow as you as you go along. That that's at least usually usually my approach. So I, I have to get the stakeholder on board and and see it from uh, from from you know the take the team's point of view. Uh, you do become a bit of a I mean I, I it's a bit of a no no word in 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 the engineering things, but it, you do become a bit of a salesperson, right? You have to you have to convince that that you're making the right decision in, in your department. Um, and it, it is some of the you know uh, it still has to be is a win-win situation where you have to get the stakeholder on board with your journey and, and this iterative process and that you know you can't just sit a and write a spec and then uh, that's how how it is. Um, so yeah, yeah. How, how I always have been working 
between the clients and the internal staff. That, that's my world, not yours, unless you are uh, internally operating. I am very much externally operating. So so the point, not promising too much, I would like to yeah, grab that as well and say, yes, that's important because yeah, you can get burned really badly and be the stupid sales guy. Um, but but what I, I tend to do, of course, all the experiences and, and what, what we've seen before, we can talk to the client about that. But as soon as it gets too hairy and dicey and you don't have a, a proper answer, it's always legit to go back and say, I need my tech team uh, to ta- to have a take on this. And, uh, and, and we always try to break down uh, the task and align that with the client, uh, get an acceptance of, yes, that's what we're trying to do. Then we go deeper down, doing estimations, breaking down the tasks and doing estimations. We think this uh, this task that we align should be done. It'll take such and such long and, and involve this and that. And then we get the acceptance from the client before we start. So mm. it, it's not only communicating from the stakeholder down uh, and kind of bringing in an order. Please do that. Uh, the tech team should always be allowed to have a take on it mm. and, uh, and say, that's actually not possible. Or have you even considered doing it this way? Uh, stuff like that. It, it can actually bring a lot of value. Yeah, I really think you're touching on something interesting, Thomas, because it's true that uh, it's like it, the word I'm looking for is like it's co- is a collaboration, right? It's not an order, as you, as you mentioned very nicely. That and I, and I think you have to in your communication with stakeholders, externally, internally, or is it, you really have to put an emphasis on that it's a collaboration, right? And we all you know human, so that means there could be errors on both ends uh, as well in, in during the process. I think we've all been part of projects that's been a bit delayed, for instance. Uh, or there could come something in that we that wasn't foreseen, uh, and, and I think you have to establish that you know nobody nobody's perfect, but we work you know and we iterate and we, we become better and and you know we, we all even though there is stakeholders and in, in clients right they're even external from the company you're still kind of on the same team to get something delivered even though you, you do have obviously this you know they're another company mm. this, this focus on collaboration I I really agree with that. That that's a good way forward. Yeah, of course. And when you develop internally, uh, I don't know how much client contact you have. They will have probably a lot. Uh, so, but but if you, if you do it internally, you're all working on the, the company brand. You all have an interest in being a success and, and and meeting the targets. And and actually, I would say we're the same because if we fail towards the client, we we also fail. So. The client's success is our success. Very corny, but it's actually true. <laughs> uh, so, so everybody has an interest in, in the best results. Um, and and what I have a good experience in working with, uh, especially when projects are getting a certain size, we define a kind of a decision board or steering committee for, for this project where all relevant parties come together around the table. So the, the technical uh, representation gets... The, the business information, right? So why are we actually doing this? Uh, get an understanding of business drivers and budgets and so forth uh, and understand that we cannot just throw 13 engineers on this and, and create mm-hmm. a new Maserati, yeah? With Brifkindin, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Volvo or a Fiat or whatever. Uh, mm. So get on the same page. Uh, and if it's completely uh, uh, obscure, the requirements from, from the... the the business side, uh, then there's actually an opportunity to say, nope, that's that's not doable, but we can do this and that. So using that forum to get on the same page, uh, that, that's a that's a very good, good tool. <laughs> I think this is a really good point, Thomas. I, I don't know if you have something to add, Anders, but uh, it, it really ties into you know making clear objectives, right? It's really what it, you know that helps everybody along you. So you also have to push the stakeholders a bit on on clear objectives. You can't just ask for 
don't know what the, was it the Maserati that, that you actually need a Volvo. Um, it goes to the same thing with any 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 software software tool, right? That you know you might need, you think you need something, but it might not always be the case, or, or there's an easier way to to get something done. Um, mm-hmm. But it also requires you to uh, as a manager or leader of whatever the representative of the department to push back a bit, right? And and try and get these objectives and goals and things to be solved uh, very clearly defined or as clearly as possible. Yeah, I don't. So in, if, if I was to answer my own question, like um, I, I would probably go in a bit of different direction, but it's kind of, uh, it's going to interject a little bit with what I want to answer on, on uh, your yeah. question later, Nikolai. Uh, but what I've actually had really good experience with myself is to do sort of like a, a reverse uh, Gemba, where you uh, where you actually pretty early on you take the uh, your business stakeholders and you you have them run along your dev team as they work, you know have them on their uh, their ceremonies, have them part of the refinement sessions, you know, so they can see how the team actually works. Because I think a lot of times it's because it's sort of like a black box, so they think that mm. you know just sitting in front of the computer, right? <laughs> Area, but having them actually experience this, you know, the, the life cycle of figuring out how a requirement works and, and how we're how we're going to position, I think that does a lot. Uh, and, and I think in terms of like it being just a communication exercise, it's just a great tool for that as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is also, you know, whenever they talk about cross-functional teams or fusion teams, as they call it nowadays, like that's, that's really what it is, right? It's about getting everyone together. And so they, you know, you, you, you can collaborate a bit more directly uh, but i don't know how if that wipes <laughs> yeah yeah i actually fully fully agree it's not completely turning it on the head but uh but but, but i fully agree uh, it aligns with getting people together and get the the common yeah. uh, conception of what we're working on and sometimes the 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 tie and suit guys that that sends out the the objectives they don't know how long it will take and that you just yeah just do this right but but it, yeah. that can take a long time and if you just do this it might Chip another part of the, the 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 kind of the system or the product, so it's it's not always easy just to implement uh, wishes. No, but I like the idea. But I think it, it ties into like how do you bring the team actually closer to stakeholders faster, right? And this is a, a it may be a very um, easy go to way, or at least like you know it's a simple approach of doing it. But that's actually what you're doing, right? You're bringing the the, the stakeholders just closer to the. The people actually doing doing the work, so there to come the common understanding, and and I and I think that ties into that I completely agree that if you just become a messenger between two camps as a, uh, a you know project manager or whatever whatever it is, then then that's not really uh, necessarily a great thing, right? There should be more of an understanding. Again, it ties into the collaboration thing. Uh, to me, that you shouldn't just be you know this messenger of going from A to B and keep bringing uh, different requirements because then I feel like. The work just becomes sort of you throw it all over the wall sort of thing. So your team stops caring about the the stakeholders and why it is actually we do things, and and the stakeholders also like why why is it just not doing anything? They're just sitting at their computer, uh, kind of black box uh, magic uh, feeling. So it it's definitely sounds like a great way to to resolve that sort of the I don't know the us against them sort of feeling that can occur when if there's just this messenger um, approach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, get the team feeling up and running. Just what yeah. would you iterate, Nikolai? Is if if you are the in between, and there are walls between the departments, and they don't yes. communicate, you will oftentimes end up with pointy fingers, like this is your fault. Yeah, it's because you said exactly. and all that. And that's just not constructive. And uh, mm-hmm. you will, 
introduce delays and misinterpretations and yeah, things would be lost in translation. Yes, and I actually think you will also build something that you don't want built in the end because nobody starts asking questions anymore. It's just like, oh, they said they wanted this and then they just, you just do it to go home instead of actually asking the, the question of, should we be doing this? And, and is there any better way of, of doing this, right? It will just be executing it and, and going home after it's yeah. sort, of, sort of feeling. And I feel also as soon as you start pointing blame at someone, you've sort of decided you're no longer on the same team yeah. in a way, you know, and that yeah. Yeah. You, you've gone past the point of no return there uh, in, 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 in some way. So true. Yeah, I agree. You should, you should avoid that. And that's also why it's important, as you also say, that to do it quickly in the process, uh, to yes. be uh, upfront, uh, align the teams uh, quickly and get the right start. Um, so if, if you do more work to get people on the same kind of level to begin with, the whole thing will run smoother, I think. Um, so getting the teams together like you do, Anas, or have thoughts about doing, awesome, I think. It, it's basically the same what we're trying to do with the, the steering committees or decision boards, uh, maybe on another plane, uh, because it's represents from from the different camps but actually going in the the dev team in the war room and, and being a part of them there that's actually a really good idea uh, and we also insist all the time our consultants get out to the client absorb knowledge and uh, know exactly. they see what are they working with why did they make this platform decision and so forth uh, because they do know stuff about what they do so we mm -hmm. cannot just sit at home and think we know better so exactly so true no wiser words. Well, thank you, Anas, for a fantastic question. Thank you, everyone, for some fantastic answers. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading-edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. We'll, we'll now move on to Thomas's question uh, or questions uh, back to back here. So um, he's looking to know what are the typical early indicators that engineers and the business side are, are not sharing the perception, interests, and priorities of the overall objectives of the project. And uh, I suppose as a follow-on question, uh, what can you do to mitigate this gap in the team uh, to reach more common ground? And Thomas, similar to last time, I'm going to come to you for a bit of context, my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, my thoughts about this was... Uh, when it happens, because it happens sometimes that people don't understand each other. Uh, what can you do as a manager or project manager, or a guy in charge mm -hmm. of this? <laughs> How can you detect when things are about to go off the rail uh, and what mm -hmm. can you do about it as soon as possible? Right. You may have all the good intentions, you think you're prepared, but sometimes people are just not aligned and think differently uh, and small flags will pop up, uh, small things will show. Uh, how, how do you detect that? How does that come into play? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a super tough question, honestly. Uh, and I and I feel like when I thought about it, I feel like I only have fluffy answers instead of. Uh, and maybe that's the engineering me that uh, that hates that. But but I feel like it's much of a, you know, it, it's quite. It as you said, it's, it's both flags. But I, I think it happens in in the you know when 
there's different elements, but just the way people talk about the project or the solutions they uh, they propose, where it sometimes becomes very clear that okay, that's not the direction we're going in. Uh, and if it's only at the talk level, then there's a chance to not right and, and correct and, and and talk about it because it, it's to me instead of saying that somebody misunderstood it, it's more of a in the other end that the, the communication wasn't well enough or you haven't well aligned enough with with the people and because. It's very rare in my experience that people do something with a bad intention or something like this. They, they actually think they solve the problem with whatever it is their their, their suggestion is. Uh, the worst part is when, when they've actually done some work that it, because there's two things to it. Either it can be used, right? And you have to, to throw it out. That always uh, is, a, is a bad feeling for everyone. Um, but, but that's another heavy indicator, right? If we are looking in areas we shouldn't be looking or focusing on features or whatever that, that we, we shouldn't be focusing on. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have a, a two-step plan, but maybe, uh, maybe Anders has, but yeah. So I, but I feel the same as you when I, when I thought about this question is that, okay, so what, what, what am I actually looking for here? Because I think it's pretty, uh, it's pretty clear to everyone when it have, when it has happened, you know, like, oh, now we're misaligned and there's problems. Everyone's uh, confused, but like, where does that start? Uh, and I think what I came to is uh, in all the times where I've experienced like at least the later aspects of everyone being very confused. One thing that I think is pretty common is when the people on the team uh, and the uh, business counterparts, if they use different terms for things, mm. uh, like early on, if, if for some reason we're not aligned on what things are called, even if they're like very similar. But if they're different, it, obvious, it it very often to me at least means that there's a different understanding of what it is that we're talking about to some extent. Uh, and and I've very often experienced that when you start challenging this sort of thing, like when you st- ask people to define their terms and actually, you know, uh, get an agreement, you realize that they were not aligned and, mm-hmm. and that, the, that you need new terms to like uh, specify certain other aspects of it. I, do, I think it, for, for me, that has been my experience. As a corollary to that, I've also seen uh, when you have a, uh, and, but this is because I've been mostly in in-house uh, development. So like when I have a, a, a product owner or a business uh, counterpart that if they are struggling to link their desired outcomes to the individual deliveries that is planned, mm. like if they can't see the connection between those two, if you can sort of feel like they're not understanding that this is the thing that does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's normally means that they've given up on understanding <laughs> what's going on, and I just start sort of like hoping that whatever you give them will 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 get there, right? Yeah. And that's always a bad thing as well. Mm-hmm. I because uh, I really can relate to the definition thing, uh, especially when people use. I think it's a bigger problem when people use the same word but means different things. Uh, Obviously, <laughs> says, uh, yes. and that has occurred in my experience as well. When people say, "Oh, it'll be this," or or reinvent a word, and then when you go back and you say, "I'll just just add it to to whatever word you invented," and people go like, "But that's that's not how any of this works." Uh, then it's double confusion. But but my question is is actually, do you then, how do you, do you sit down and define these new words or how, like, so would your approach be? I have, I have had teams where we sat down and, and made a dictionary. Uh, We posted it up on Confluence and said, these are the terms. This is what it means. Sometimes even that like links to, to like long form documentation if, if needed, right? But but simply to have a, a, a place where we say this is this is what we mean, uh, and then you know we would present it even in uh, in like the sprint reviews to the business. Say this is 
these are the terms like do you have any comments on this just so that we are we are all clear and and it seems super pedantic but it has it has never been an unworthwhile uh, exercise in my in my experience uh, so so i would say i think like in terms of being an indicator for if we are if there's a misalignment i think this is a pretty good one uh, yeah. it's not a it's not a foolproof way because as you say you can use the same term for different things as well <laughs> then you think that you're aligned uh, but at least you know it's something to look out for uh, i think uh, yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah. but i think yeah uh, I, I have actually i mostly have the same term for say yeah, for two different things uh, issue but maybe actually a dictionary is yeah. even though it seems uh, very um uh as you said like pedantic and then it, it might solve the, the the problem because i what i also think is that then you sit in meetings and somebody says just uh, and these two definitions meet and people just say uh, but that's not part of that and then you have a discussion of where to is it where to add or where to to change something and then you yeah. discuss where where that is which doesn't really matter right it's we want to change a from a to b it doesn't matter if we do it uh you know if you know we all know what that change is about it's just a yeah. terminology discussion rather than actually being super productive right uh, i mean it, it 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 and sometimes it is difficult also to have this discussion with your with your developers because i i have had uh, times where for instance uh, we had something called an application controller in the business mm -hmm. And then when we were developing it, it became a submission controller. And I was like, no, no, it's an application. It's not a submission. You need to call it the same thing. And and they're like, yeah, but it's it's called that in like the documentation towards the business. It's fine. It's like, but it isn't because it it yeah. you know it causes confusion. And sometimes you have to be pedantic about this. Uh, yeah. th that's at least my experience because otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a no no acceptance here. Like zero tolerance policy. On, on this yeah. Thomas, if I should uh, throw in uh, two cents here, uh, I, I fully agree on it. So break it the way down so everybody is, yes. uh, knows what we're dealing with. Uh, and it comes to the, the approbations, the terms, but also the process. Kind of everybody agrees this is what we're going through, the phases, the, the project plan breakdown and so forth. So everybody knows what's going on. And maybe also to show dependencies. Like mm -hmm. we need to have this developed before we can put this to the test and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So not just your, your 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 own task, but but get a feel of your role in the the complete project. Um, and 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 what I thought about myself when I thought a little bit about my own question is how does this come to show? How does this come into play? And and I this is some some intangible stuff. So I agree with you, Nikolai. And I. Uh, Maybe you experience some uh, some 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 lack of, of trust in the other guys uh, in the team. Uh, maybe even some obstructions every now and then because it's idea versus idea. And and if it's not constructive, uh, you might see these small signs. Uh, maybe it's uh, unintentional. We're all humans, but but if you have a conviction, an idea about something, and and a counterpart has another. Uh, if if there is a culture of not uh, listening and, and building upon each other and, and mm. kind of ping-ponging forth and back, but it's more obstructing each other and, and fighting about who's right, if there's that kind of culture, you should hopefully be able to see the uh, the red lights in, in the beginning. And then it's a matter of building up this culture of, of trust and openness. So we in team meetings, scrum meetings, or maybe one-on-ones with the team can open up and say, mm. what's going on here? I think yeah, that's I actually kind of interesting because yeah. I, I have... You know, I've had, I had experiences before where where people are, you know, 
they start giving bad feedback about each other for, for some mm-hmm. reason. And normally, I've actually handled that as like a that's a personnel issue, right? Like you, yeah. you need to mm-hmm. figure out. What, I've never really realized that maybe it's just because they have different ideas about what yeah. you're building, right? Like uh, that's actually, I, I think I'm going to have to think more about that uh, afterwards yeah. because that, that might actually be more relevant uh, in, in certain scenarios. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, no, go ahead. Like, like, uh, no, 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 it's just, maybe like, yeah, again, it's right, it ties on to, to, to my questions as well, but like if they can't see them, like if you disagree with the direction so much that, and it's 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 a per, like you see it as a personal issue because somebody else has a has a different like has a different direction. I want to go in a different direction, and it's like ah, that guy just doesn't get it, sort of thing. And maybe it's actually more of a misalignment issue rather than a personal mm-hmm. personal issue. Yeah, interesting take. And that's a tough one when you're dealing with people, right? So so yeah. Uh, uh, in my company now, we work with working with uh, tech leads as well, also to be a part of. Um, of being the, the the binding structure between the the, the project uh, agenda, the the objectives, and, and the tech team, so being kind of the technical project leader or manager, mm-hmm. without having to deal with uh, big budgets and, and reporting and stuff like that. So uh, when you're combining different uh, skill sets or different areas of, of engineering, in, in our case, uh, it's very good to have this this part that's on top of the technical track and, and ensuring that everybody works aligned. And we said hi. Quite high demands for these tech leads. They they don't just come out of the tech track and have been there for a couple of years. Now you're a tech lead. You actually need to have some organizational knowledge. Uh, you need to have some business acumen, and and also some yeah yeah you know a, a good good mix of an understanding what uh, actually we're talking about here. So it's it's an in between role that is um, kind of tying things together. Mm-hmm. So that's also something that you could put into play in some but way. I, but I think I, I completely agree on that. That's also when I look at you know uh, a tech lead role or, or similar. You you need to have an understanding of more than just the tech stuff. Like that's yeah. that's of course a prerequisite, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, but it's not enough. Yeah, it, and to me also a willingness to pursue an understanding, right? Because we yeah. don't always understand the, the 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 business side of things, and and some tech people, I think that's fair enough. Just want to stay with the tech and then be, become experts in that. But but I think to be successful in this uh, tech lead type of role, right, you, you need to have a willingness to try and understand if these business needs uh, to some degree. Um, at least that's that's what I've seen, right? So you both need to, to some experience at the acumen, but but also willingness to actually talk to these people that are not developers and engineers because they, they communicate differently and have different terms for everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And that's why in, in- Larger scale projects. I don't know what large is in in different contexts, but but having this tech lead that can that, that is able to translate the the business objectives and the, the whole business case down to the tech team, mm. you know, so he, he kind of translate that. I think that's immensely important. And if you are some sort of a commercial project manager and you do your only guy in a smaller company, a smaller project, I've been there, uh, and then it's, it's a little bit more hard to uh, mm. to manage it all. Uh, but but you need to respect that. People are put together differently and have different convictions and uh, think differently and, and stuff like that. that. That's important in this. Uh, very much. Fantastic. I think it's a great point to finish on. Um, so, Thomas, fantastic couple of questions there again. Um, are we going to go three for three? I'm sure we are with Nikolai's question. He is looking to cover how we <laughs> Yeah. How do you identify and prioritize business objectives that the engineering team should work towards, and in the way that they understand and can see themselves? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we've touched upon it quite a bit, and and just cheated a bit and jumped in, uh, <laughs> jumped in the schedule. But yes, I, I think that the context is is, is basically just as I see it, the, the most you get the best products and probably also the best performance when people see themselves in, in where you're headed, both as a company, but also just with the, the project. Basically, the work you're doing, right, has to have some kind of impact, and you have to to see that. Uh, and it kind of goes back to this. Uh, fear of just throwing stuff over the wall, right? It's like, oh, the, the other guys asked for it, so now I'm doing it and going back. So so it's really just how do we sort of translate these things? It, it ties into a bit also of the technique role we just discussed, uh, translate these business uh, objectives, especially to people who maybe are very far down the, the, the tech mm. uh, track, so to speak, right? They're not very uh, concerned with anything uh, uh, money-related, maybe except for the AWS bill. Um, but yeah. <laughs> If, if even that. Yeah, uh, even that. Yeah. 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 If, if, if even that. But uh, I, I think since I, since I kind of already uh, started a bit on this, uh, mm. I think that it's, but following up on that, it's it's important that uh, the developers and engineers are actually capable of shaping this a bit on, on their own as well. And I think Gembas is a really good tool in that, like letting them go out and experience uh, the business themselves to get their own understanding of what is it that's needed here. Mm-hmm. instead of just giving them a list of requirements. Uh, this is super important, but it actually it leads into... like The, the reason why it's important is because I've, I've seen this fall apart if, if the team doesn't have ownership. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's actually where it really lies, is that you need to feel as a developer, uh, as a dev team, that that what you're building is yours, like you're responsible mm-hmm. for it. And, and uh, this uh, goes both for that you, uh, you of course, need to be able to to uh, take responsibility for what you produce, but also that it was actually yours, like you built it. There was something of you in that uh, design, mm. in that build. You you put your mark on it, right? Um, I have absolutely seen that the, that this doesn't scale. If you have like a really large project and you have like seven, eight, nine different teams all working, you know, on the same thing, sometimes you there's a team you you're gonna have to tell them hey you're gonna do this uh, because that's how it fits into the machinery that does not breed motivation that it's mm. always an issue and it becomes uh, very difficult to actually get out of that what you want uh, my experience is that you don't actually uh, normally get there but then again letting them all uh, figuring stuff out for themselves can often lead to not getting the like the holistic perspectives in place so it's really a balance there uh, mm. and I must admit, I've not necessarily struck the correct chord uh, on that yet, but uh, but uh, yeah, that's at least my take on it. Yeah, there there are some hard requirements, but there should also be room for uh, for for yeah for, for for ideas and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. What I thought about here is um, again a little bit hard fact what we talked about, but but early involvement, uh, yeah. get get the buy in, get the ownership, uh, understand what my part in this uh, as an mm. engineer or a developer. Uh, what is my contribution here, and how does that correlate with the other team's efforts? Uh, and, and then again, not like a an order, do this because the client says so. But but bringing them to the table early, together with the end user or the client or the stakeholders, whoever it might be, also answers a little bit about Anas's initial question: How can you show that the uh, the, the dev team is uh, is has an understanding of of this? Because mm. bringing them in there, it, it works. Both ways, right? Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, I think again, it's a, it's a matter of breaking it down. I agree with you, Nicola. Yeah, but, no, I, I definitely agree. I also think that 
Uh, yeah, to me, it's also it really depends on also the the individuals, right? But I think that usually uh, I've, you guys are touching upon it. But it's kind of what impact do you do you as a as an individual and mm. and as different people, uh, you know, uh, different types of of impact. Maybe you're just into hey, this is running really smoothly, right? Or maybe you have no downtime or whatever it is. So this architecture is really cool. So you can you can talk to you know your peers. But I also see a lot of people seeing the impact on on actual, the actual business. Quite a bit of experience, like involving people and seeing, you know, we actually did this change that this allows uh, X, Y, and Z, and you can actually see that in action, or you can hear or or see the feedback in in some way. It, you know, either through uh, you know tagging people along to 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 a meeting, or you know setting something up, or showing them emails, or whatever whatever it kind of so you can actually see the uh, your thing alive, right? Because I think. Well, the, Maybe all the ties into my personal experience that sometimes there's a lot of uh, developing stuff that you feel nobody uses, so to speak, except for you. So it's also like showing this uses and saying, you know, we did this, so it it actually has this impact. That is that is great, right? Yeah, uh, I actually think that's that's really really important, regardless of what it is that you're you're building, mm-hmm. um, because having having done a lot of different projects. When you're a developer on a, on a dev team and you're developing a tool for 10 people, when you deliver it, the, the feeling of doing that versus the feeling of delivering something for 100,000 people is kind of the same. Like if you don't have anything that gives you feedback on how it's being received or how it's used. Exactly. You know, we, we deployed the system. The system's working. We don't see errors. Yay. <laughs> but, but like how, how, many, how many people are using it? How, what, what is the actual mm-hmm. impact? That can be, you know, monetary, but it can also be, you know, how how many people have successfully done X, Y, Z now? Exactly. Uh, I think I'm not saying that the monetary is another thing, but I think all the user stats, usage stats, is is way more impactful. People are actually using things that we can see that people are actually viewing it and. And uh, it's actually super useful, right? Because uh, I think as a core, as an engineer, you build stuff to be used, not to sit on the shelf uh, to sort of touch it. And yes, it's it's great that, that the business is making money as well, but at the core, we're building stuff to be used rather than uh, so many other things, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm still quite focused uh, again on on also the engineers uh, and the development team having a say. Uh, so it's not just it? a, a one way uh, communication. Oh. So 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 uh, it's not necessarily a specific answer to a question, Nicola, but it, it makes me think uh, that. It, you can end up, if you do this correctly, uh, again, with my conviction in early involvement, but also not, not just being at the table and, and listening, but actually mm. getting asked, okay, we need to do this. We need to make a bicycle for the elderly people that can also work as a microwave. I don't know. Some crazy stuff. How can we build that? So mm. take advantage mm. of the bright minds that we're working with, uh, the the, the uh, innovative engineers and mm. and. Also with the experience, I have done something like this before. We could use this technology or this way to go. Definitely, you can end up with a better product if they do that. Definitely, uh, and I also feel so. Uh, it kind of ties into all of it. I completely agree, Thomas, because it's also when they, you I mean, when you're also delivering, we would deliver to other humans as well, right? So it's also hey, uh, giving this feedback and, and wanting to build the best product. That can be hard to do if you're just uh, launching to these uh, shadow people. You don't don't know like who are. Uh, so, so the early involvement all the way through, but all like continuous involvement, uh, so just mean, and, and that you can also maybe see your uh, decisions or uh, come into uh, you know uh, like play and in, in, in Um But yeah, yeah. so, so I was the overview of that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 
Uh, what you said before, Anas, uh, if you deploy a, a tool for 10 people or 100,000 people, I mean, if you're done, you have uh, tested, you have verified, it's all good, it's green, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, they initiate. And then you don't hear anything. Uh, I have actually good experience with um, the engineers in my team are often close to the, the client team. In this case, external clients. Mm. And we have implemented uh, kind of a step in, in the whole QMS process to follow up. Uh, how did it go? What have you experienced? Uh, everything good? Kind of this service check afterwards. And that's actually the, the, uh, a representative of the dev team or the consultant himself doing that. Because oh. he know what he built and he, he asked the, the, the tech lead and, mm. and the technical team, how did it go? Are you using it? Is it sufficient? Is yeah. it what you wanted? So I was actually thinking that because you you and I, I work in a very big corporation, so we do things for, for ourselves, right? But but uh, if you're developing stuff for, for clients, don't you sometimes have clients that come in and have already a good idea of what they want, and then they just ask you to do that? Like, the will time. they not tell you, hey, we don't have time for you to go out and sit down and figure out, like, we know yeah. what we want. Like, yeah. How do you yeah. handle that? Uh, that, that's very, very different, uh, and it's very difficult because they can come with this piece of paper and say, build this, yes, uh, this is what we want. So uh, the good consultant will uh, challenge a little bit and say, are you sure this is what you need? Let us talk a little bit about it on the very highest level, um, and then we break it down. Oftentimes they know what they're doing, uh, but we can come in with a good idea or an experience from another industry or another technology, and, and we could build on, upon their ideas. Uh, but it always is a conversation. It's never just an, a, f- a finished spec. That's very rare that the, it'll go straight through. And we will challenge a little bit. But at the end of the day, the, the client has the power hovering above the, the green and the red button, mm-hmm. right? When do we initiate and when shall we be finished and stuff like that? So we... Our, that does clash a little bit with the, with the ownership for the developers, right? Because mm-hmm. exactly. technically they're not yeah. deciding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but my perspective is just from having a product is we, I mean, obviously we also take client feedback and, and value that uh, immensely, but we also have a product where we, we have a vision for it, right? So it's, so we're also fighting to make them see uh, that vision. And especially in this AI and data thing, uh, we have a lot of things where when the data shows something that people don't necessarily believe it, then you have that uh, the problem of trying to convince them uh Thing so put, put, so it, it's sort of the same but yeah it's a lot of uh, again collaboration I think is uh, is the key uh, keyword here uh, and and the, you know that you are in it together just as Thomas says that even though they are external right then if the client fails then they also fail uh, so you you're in it uh, together um, I think it goes with anything where you have well stakeholders or clients or or anything like that right it's it's not it's not you versus me uh, relationship. Uh, no. It's definitely a collaboration, and 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 you learn from each other, right? Uh, it's the same. As, I really like the fact of sending developers out to do the service review because I've always had developers where we we've done that, and people go like, "Ah, okay, so that's why it was a bad idea to do it this way." Or like, where you learn something, right? It's like, oh, yeah. this oh, is this really how people use this? What? Mm-hmm. And then back to the drawing board, it's sort of the sort of experience, yeah, yeah. which I think. Of course, uh, you could, you could argue it's, it's wasted time or uh, or something like that. But it's also a growth process for for somebody coming out and seeing that, and then then realizing, ah, this is actually how they use the product. It's, it's not how I imagined it, right? It's the core yeah. of the feedback loop, right? Thanks. Yeah, kind of, kind of want to get that closed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, and you can. Not every project with developers. I'll say you you can do it in different ways, right? Uh, you do it in the beginning. I do it in the beginning, taking the the tech people to meet the clients. So the clients can that we have the 
right team and the uh, and the the team the the business object objectives and have a discussion about it understand what's going on of course we will challenge the 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 client talked about maybe they want to go on a version four because that's the latest article they have from 2019 but we can actually say hey there's a version five out there it can future proof your system whatever uh so help them in that way and afterwards if the, uh, the 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 engineer or the developer is not comfortable going out there themselves well we'll go together but but always there's a represent uh, of of one who's been yeah, down below the hood right know what's going on in the system just to, to wrap that up yeah it's a great way to wrap it up and um again and nikolai three from three uh with the fantastic questions today and we've had some other great questions come in from from people listening uh, about three or four i'm not sure so we'll be have time to go through all of them um, and some of them brush over. I think some of the points we've already covered today, but I'll ensure that we do get answers out to all of them. And I'll pick up the, f- the first one from, from Connor. And he's wanting to know how closely correlated is empowerment to the engineer, to the understanding, the direction of the, the organization. And I'll, I'll flash it up on the screen there for, for everyone to see. Um, has anybody got any thoughts on, on that there? So I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, directly related so that giving empowerment to the engineer necessarily leads to an understanding of the direction. But I don't think that you can have a truly an adoption of, you know, uh, living the direction if you don't give the empowerment in order to, to like say, okay, so what will I do to ensure that we go in that direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's important. Um, but, but I don't think it's like, it's an answer to making sure that everyone is uh, on the same track. Uh, I think there's uh, there's a lot more to it than than just yeah. I don't agree, but yeah, and I think I agree with Anders here. And it's like um, it's empowerment gives innovations and the best products and, and everything. So it's one hundred percent. It's super important, uh, but I don't think necessarily that you can um, just. I sound like it's something you give out of a can. Uh, just give uh, give empowerment, and then people see the direction. But 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 yeah, bear with me with the point. It's uh, I think there's two different things, and you definitely need both. Uh, and I think there's the combination of both uh, where you then you will get to a yeah. very good place. I mean, you can empower someone to go in the rock direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but but with, if if you uh, support empowerment and, and creativity and all what comes along with it, you also get the the buy-in and the, the enthusiasm and yeah. the feeling of having a purpose and being able to make a difference and being heard, uh, because. Engineers are dumb. They have good ideas and, and stuff like that. So uh, be careful not to treat them like a, a tech machine that you put something in, you get a solution out. It's still, there, there are people behind it. That's that's very important to me. I guess you can understand by now. Yeah, I love that. Well, I've really enjoyed having all three of you on the podcast today. It's been so insightful, uh, both from the technical standpoint for me, some of it goes over my head, but the listeners, it'll be right in there for. But I can really appreciate the business side of, of everything and, and understanding those needs. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I really want to take this opportunity to thank Thomas, Nikolai, and Anas for not only the fantastic questions I've already highlighted, but uh, the real real insights in, in, and value that they really added to this conversation today. So thank you. And of course, thank you all for listening.